Welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at the Institute and your host for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is the fifth in our continuing series on the future of remote work and what it might mean for businesses, communities, and policymakers in Delaware and beyond. Today's episode focuses on the skills and resources that employees need to be competitive in remote environments, and how policymakers and educational institutions might support the development of remote work skills. To explore, I spoke on May 10th, 2021, with two professionals from Utah State University Extension. Paul Hill is an Extension professor and director of the Rural Online Initiative Program, which delivers remote work certificate programs. Marta Nielsen hosts Remote Work Radio, a podcast that chronicles the stories of people who make their living by working remotely as employees, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. Our discussion highlighted remote work opportunities for individuals and communities, skills needed to succeed in the remote environment, and lessons learned through delivering the Rural Online Initiative. Let's get to the conversation. So Marta and Paul, thanks so much for joining today. I really appreciate you taking time. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. So I was really interested to see uh, your initiative and see that you had a podcast focused uh, particularly on remote work, remote work radio. And I know you're the, the host for a lot of those episodes, Marta. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what you've learned about kind of why people get into remote work and what they get out of it. Right. It's It's been so interesting to talk to people from all over different parts of rural Utah And they kind of fall into two different camps. There are those who have worked remotely for years and then kind of came into the certificate course that the Rural Online Initiative offers, you know, further into their career. And then there are those who either were not working or they were working jobs they were unhappy with in their rural communities who found the program, got the got the certificate and were able to find remote work. Um, so it's been really interesting to see those two different perspectives. Um, we've even had some folks on the podcast who were tourists in Utah and loved it so much that they decided to move here, uh, and make it their remote work home base. And so it's just, it's interesting to get those different perspectives. Maybe we could back up a little bit, uh, then Paul and bring you into the discussion in terms of what's the impetus for the program. Uh, the certificate program. Could you tell us a little bit about where that came from and what it consists of? Yeah, actually in 2017, our governor, in looking at the prosperity of our state, a lot of times you'll see Utah is the number one place to start and grow a business. And he's like, you know, the prosperity in the state, uh, the economic growth, uh, we've seen so much growth and, uh, and prosperity, it hasn't been evenly distributed. And so there's this kind of tale of two Utahs where in many of the eastern rural counties and rural areas south of of the Wasatch Front that, you know, they have high levels of intergenerational poverty, um, very, you know, double the unemployment rates. And so we can't, you know, celebrate success in four counties and then think that the whole state's fine. And uh, he said he he really put, put it back on rural communities and said, we need your ideas. We need you to come up with bottom up solutions to these problems. And uh, this this idea came from a county commissioner, several county commissioners coming together and saying, 
hey, we need to teach people how to work remotely. They kind of conducted their own needs assessment. And um, then they got uh, connected with myself and, and USU Extension. And we had to decide, okay, like if this is a need, uh, this, this aligns with our statewide needs assessment of, of our communities wanting reliable, steady jobs, better paying jobs, vocational skills. And, uh, and so we decided let's move forward. Uh, there's funding in place from our legislature. Uh, we presented this idea. They said, let's, let's fund it. Um, you know, we'd had the prosperity where they could kind of take a risk on, you know, would a, a remote work education program actually work? Would we have, we have an ROI on the rural online initiative program. And uh, it turns out after uh, it was a three-year pilot. And after two years, uh, we essentially proved the concept uh, that uh, this was possible. We, we placed um, well over, I think at the time, 100 jobs, 150 jobs, uh, people in rural communities, which is equivalent. When you look at the equivalency of, of jobs, you know, uh, one job in rural is, is, is worth so much more than just one job in, in an urban county. And so when you're comparing apples to apples, uh, that was equivalent to, at the time, over 5,000 jobs. We're, we're uh, just closing in on 200 job placements uh, this month. And, and these are families that don't have to leave the state. They don't have to leave to go to an urban area. They can stay where they're at. Uh, sometimes these are, these are part-time jobs or full-time jobs. They are jobs where it's a supplemental income and some that they're, they're the breadwinner. Uh, and so these, these allow our, our families to, to stay and contribute where they want to live. Uh, many times uh, our data showed that the average uh, participant uh, had lived in their community 16 years and had no plans to leave in the next five years. Uh, but yet they were all uh, consistently felt like they were being paid less than what they felt like they had uh, the skill set for. So that's where our program comes in. So tell me a little bit about kind of how it's delivered and a bit, you know, a bit of what the curriculum looks like, what skills are you trying to develop in people? Sure. I mean, if you, if you think back to 4-H, uh, learning by doing, if you raise a, a steer, like you, you're, you're, you're raising a steer, you're not talking about it, you're doing it. And so the whole experience and the, 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 the course that we have for people looking to become remote workers is, is the Master Remote Work Professional Certificate course. It's about a 30-hour course. And it's, it's delivered in a, in a way that mimics real remote work. So they have synchronous uh, meetings every Thursday, uh, Zoom meetings, just uh, like many people are used to now. And, uh, and then they have uh, asynchronous modules and then they get together in groups. They communicate on, on Slack, which is a, a communication workspace. And they, they use that to work through some of the projects. Uh, there's homework assignments. And uh, again, it takes about 30 hours to complete over the course of one month. And so it's an intensive specialized training to get people learning those skills and, uh, and really being intentional about learning the best practices of remote work, really those next practices of being a, a virtual professional. But uh, they, go, they go into planning out your day, uh, realizing that you're offsite and you don't have a direct supervisor looking over your shoulder, which is many, what many people are used to if they've worked at, say, um, Walmart or tractor supply or, or a lumber yard in the coal mines, they are in the thick of it with someone telling them what to do, uh, direct, you know, having a direct report. So they learn about communication, communicating with teams, also planning out the day, developing workflows and uh, being productive and managing their time, as well as what, what are, depending on their industry, what are some of the compliance standards, standards that they need to follow, making sure that wherever their workspace is, they have a lock on the door if they're dealing with medical records and, uh, and really thinking also about their career, 
so that they're not on an island under themselves. There's been some remote work policies in place at institutions and organizations where management was unable to figure things out. And, you know, they said, all right, everyone come back to the office. Well, if Bill and, 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 and Sam and Sally moved, they don't want to come back. And uh, so then they just emailed them and said they were fired. And so uh, you want to make sure you're being proactive and over communicating your, your efforts and your contributions to the, to the organization so that when they are looking at cutting things or, or making changes, they aren't thinking of you. And, uh, and those, those are some of the, just a few things that we cover in the course. Am I right that it extends beyond Utah in terms of you have partnership with other entities at other universities? Is that right? Yeah, we, we focus on Utah. That's, that's our legislative mandate. Um, and since day one, I thought, you know, we'll finish this pilot program and then we'll, we'll work on figuring out how we help these other states. But literally on day one, press releases starting going out about our program and our success. And we've had states uh, reaching out about how they can participate. So we, we, quickly put together, we're still developing this, uh, affiliate program. And, uh, it's just our, it's on our website, uh, remoteworkcertificate.com slash affiliate. And, uh, they can look through the process of partnering with us and plugging into our program. And, and sometimes it doesn't work out. So we encourage them to develop their own course and their own learning platforms, uh, for, for delivering remote work, uh, skills. We certainly don't have a corner on, uh, remote work, uh, training, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we've got, I think last I checked, there's like seven or eight other land-grant universities uh, that we partner with. Well, one, one thing that, um, that I learned about through some of the interviewing that I've been able to do is the support and involvement we ha- we've had from our state government, like the state employee standpoint, they want to employ, what was it, a thousand people as remote workers. So they've been doing, they did some kind of piloting as well and had great success on a state employment level. So that's kind of a different employer perspective that, you know, we've had this involvement from the governor's office to support our program. That's also um, kind of given us some, I want to say credibility, not credibility, but just been a really great supporter. Yeah, after the, um, the, the pilot program that our state did, they, the, the then lieutenant governor ran for governor and, and won. And then he, within his first month, uh, issued executive orders for one to agencies to look at what jobs were compatible with remote work uh, and then develop a plan for recruiting people in rural Utah uh, for those jobs. And so that's awesome and wonderful because we're able to look at the people in our program who have the skills that match these jobs and we're able to help make those connections and really support our governor who's from rural Utah um, and his efforts to uh, get the talent off, off of the Wasatch front and, and uh, place these people in, in rural communities. It, it does so much to, to have that job um, in rural that keeps a family there and allows that person to contribute in their community. Uh, that's one thing that we've, we've, uh, we've seen across all of rural America is it's hard to fill uh, city councils, mayors, uh, you know, county commission seats and uh, and have volunteers in the community when everyone's getting older and the young people, it's the brain drain. They're they're hit 18. They finish high school. They're gone because they don't see the opportunity uh, for their education or their career in their communities. And so that's why we also provide our, our, our program for youth, um, not trying to place them in remote jobs, but really trying to open up their mind and, and maybe help them in their aspirations. Many of them don't want to leave. And so if they don't have to leave, we can help them 
uh, see the the path forward to fulfilling their their career goals, but also um, being able to stay where they want to raise their families. And you know, of course, starting this in 2017, you had the jump on a lot of places that all of a sudden had to leap into remote work the past year. And I'm curious, you know, how your alums of the program were situated to deal with that. How the demands on your time have changed over the last year as people become a lot more interested in remote work. I mean, what has that change looked like? I would say uh, we did a survey after kind of during COVID towards, towards like the last, well, it was about a year ago last summer. And uh, just to see everyone who, you know, we surveyed all the people who had found a remote job and, and, and remote work falls into the three buckets of, of freelance work, as well as being an employee, but also um, being a, an entrepreneur. Uh, some have started their own business and uh, taking their skills as freelancers to the market and are, are, are getting paid you know, by the hour, by, by the project and so forth on plat, plat, platforms like uh, Fiverr and Upwork and, and, and others. So when we asked him like, how's it going? Are you doing okay? Do you need us to help you? You know, we have, we have uh, partnerships with FlexJobs where they have vetted remote uh, job board site. And uh, we were just saying, hey, do you need an account? You know, how can we help you? And uh, no one had lost their job. And uh, whereas a lot of people in our rural communities, they absolutely, when they rely on tourism, and busloads of people from Asia coming over to check out Bryce Canyon National Park or Zion National Park or one of the other arches or Canyonlands, wherever it is, they come to you know the nation's we're the backyard here in Utah, and uh, that those those buses stopped and people were figuring trying to figuring out like how do they sell inventory, and so we started teaching um, an e-commerce for rural businesses. We had had it in the works, we just hadn't launched it. And so it was like, all right, we lit a fire. Uh, we were helping all of these, uh, these employers uh, do SEO, uh, market their uh, businesses online, start selling things and hustling on eBay and, and Facebook marketplace and, and whatever they could do to, to, to generate some revenue. But yeah, overall, uh, through the pandemic, it's been tough, like keeping up with, with the demand. But right now we're kind of in this interesting spot where people are, some people are sick of remote work. Some people love it. And the honeymoon phase is over. We saw, and, and research suggests and shows increases in productivity, you know, over the period of, of working remote. But it's really a honeymoon period. Uh, research shows that also that uh, employees see this alternative workplace arrangement as such a perk that they're they're more loyal to the organization. And in being more loyal to the organization, they don't want to lose this, and so they end up working more. So it's it's less about. I mean, the the number one naive question about remote work by employers is, well, how do I know if they're really going to work? The research shows that they're not they're not shirking from home. They're overworking from home, and uh, and we need to be more concerned about the human being and not burning out and then uh, quitting and and seeing turnover that way. And so that's that's one of the things I'm concerned about is employers thinking everything's hunky dory, the productivity's up, but yet they're not paying attention to when emails and communications are happening and logins uh, to the VPN. It's like if it's at 3 a.m. and and your employees are just working nonstop, you really need to to check on their mental health and making sure that they're they're doing okay and really encouraging them to take breaks. Many remote workers are very ambitious, and I've caught myself working from eight to eight and, you know, being in my sweatpants all day. And so it's something we got to, uh, we, as leaders, we need to be cognizant of 
And, uh, and so that's, that's really my next thing that, you know, I'm working on is helping the remote workers. And we teach this in our course to, to be careful about how they're spending their time. When you, when you look at uh, remote work, while remote work eliminates the physical boundary between work and home, it creates a new physical boundary between coworkers. So looking at that issue, but um, really remote workers need rituals or behaviors to help them transition between roles at work and at home. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like the first couple of weeks of lockdown, all the articles you would read were about like, get ready for work, get up at the same time, get in that routine. And it feels like over the last year, we've gone away from that. And we've appreciated the sweatpants lifestyle, as you said, Paul. So it's interesting. We have to remind ourselves now to get back to that, to be able to separate ourselves a little more. I'm curious in the, the last couple of minutes here, if you could talk about, you know, we've talked a lot about the individual remote worker and skills for them to gain a job. And you've alluded to kind of this is focused on regions and focused on kind of particularly distressed places that have had these generational issues. What early returns have you seen in terms of impacts on places and, you know, what real opportunities do you think there are in Utah and maybe elsewhere to kind of have this be a linchpin of economic development strategies in these places? I think after, so the, the program, like I mentioned before, is, is funded for three years as a pilot program. After two years, we, we, we demonstrated, we, we showed our uh, short-term and medium-term and long-term impacts. And at that point, the legislature said, stamp of approval, ongoing funding, move forward, grow, take this into more, you know, we were at 15 counties, take it to 21 and, and beyond. And so uh, that's where we sit today. But um, looking at the short-term impacts are not, uh, changes and in, increases in knowledge, uh, their attitude towards remote work, their skills, their remote work skills, and then their aspirations. And so we showed positive changes in those things um, that, that people wanted to pursue. If they didn't get a remote job in the first three months, they were still looking for one. And uh, if there's a gap between their existing skill set and the opportunities, that, the, the skills they need to get the job, uh, they're working on those. And so we, we work with them on skill scholarships to help them skill up, develop that, those technical writing, 3D modeling, uh, digital marketing skills so that they can uh, qualify for the jobs that, they, that they're looking for. And then in the medium term, what we're looking at there is, did they apply what they learned? Do they have, did they, did they apply for a remote job? Did they get a remote job? And, uh, and with the success we've had about 20% of those actual job seekers were able to find a remote job within two to two to three months or less. Um, one finished the course on a, you know, on a Friday and then Monday started a job, a new remote job. And so, uh, and there's been several stories like that. So it, it's pretty quick. And uh, if some, we found out dropped out of the course and we ca called to follow up and said, why'd you drop out? And they're like, well, I got a remote job. I'm like, you should have told us. Uh, so, so that's kind of the, uh, what we're, what we're, we're dealing with is, are they applying those things? And we're able to quantify what the economic impact of those jobs in those rural communities was. And, and it was like, whoa, that, that's, that beats all the efforts for business recruitment for those rural communities, business recruitment as an economic development strategy has been very difficult in our rural communities. And we've had, we haven't had a lot of success in creating jobs that, that way. And so this has been a, uh, a very successful effort. And, uh, and then when you look at the long-term impacts, that's changes in, in unemployment rates. And we saw after prior to COVID, we saw decreases. We contributed to the decrease in unemployment in every single County that was in our pilot program. 
And so that was exciting. Well, you know, again, I, I'm not saying that, that we, we, we were, we did hundred percent of that. There was a lot of other things in play, but it's interesting that we contributed to unemployment uh, declines in rural communities where we, where there hadn't been uh, declines has only been, you know, increases for, for years. And so really we thought in the beginning, we were connecting people with remote work. Um, and then after interviews, after, you know, Marta can testify to this is like, it's, it's not just about connecting people. It's about empowering them and giving them the confidence to, uh, go after that job and realize when they get it, then they tell every, all their friends and our whole network of, of program participants. And then that just further motivates people in rural Utah to pursue this opportunity. And so looking forward, um, I mean, earlier in the series, we talked to economists from Upwork and he talked about uh, kind of five to 10 percent pre-pandemic of work was taking place remotely. And that maybe when we come out of this, he's he's forecasting 20 to 25 might be uh, more fully remote. You know, as more of us has gotten the taste of it, uh, as, as companies kind of know what to expect, what do you think is going to be, what are some of the key things that are going to be most important for workers to be competitive uh, in terms of finding these jobs? I think making sure their skills are competitive, like Paul was mentioning, offering scholarships if they need to level up their skills. I think that's a huge thing because you're not competing based on location. You know, it opens up the market to anyone when it's a remote position. So having having competitive skills. And also, I think that the certificate course, I've had a few interviewees say that that was an important part of their their resume when they were applying for jobs, um, because then their employers know that they they have that that base knowledge of how to be a remote worker. Because, like you were saying, with the pandemic, a lot of us have been thrown into being a remote worker, and it's been a little bit of a scramble to figure out how that works. And I think that the the certificate really really helps people to get a little bit of an edge. One of the things that um, we're, we're also working on, we have another course that's for, for the leaders, those who are leading remote teams. And uh, that's been our focus. If we can help them increase their, their ability to, I guess the, um, the deliverable at the end of that course is, is developing a remote work plan for their organization. And, uh, and these are people in the place, in the position to determine whether people stay remote or come back to the office. If they're going, if they stay remote, how they're going to uh, manage their performance and so forth. And, but also making sure that these, these remote workers have a good experience in the process. And so uh, we're, we're focused on one, helping them develop their plans and two, helping them create remote positions, which means inter remote interviews, um, you know, hiring people outside your geographical region. And, uh, and having confident in your ability to assess them and, and bring them and onboard them uh, so they have a positive experience as a remote worker. And, uh, and so that's going forward, that's a, that's a huge component. We'll continue to train people and focus on increasing that demand for remote work. But we're also working on affecting the supply of remote jobs and making sure that this isn't just a temporary thing. You know, we did this to react to the pandemic that we're not just about implementation, but we're going about this through the process of adoption. If you go back to diffusion of innovations theory, are we, are we testing it out? Um, are we, are we running uh, on trial basis, assessing the, uh, what works and what doesn't, and then uh, moving on to full, uh, full adoption and, and uh, uh, 
um, bringing it in, institutionalizing it within the organization. Um, even, if, even if it's just kept around for continuity of business operations in the event of, a, of another uh, flu pandemic, uh, in the event of a natural disaster or, or um, crazy weather conditions or uh, national disruptions, you should still practice uh, this regularly so that it's not a shock when you have to go back to it. And uh, and so that's that's why we're focusing not just on the professionals and those who want those remote jobs, but also the leaders who are adjusting and making those policy changes within their organizations so that they um, that they're adopting uh, they're going through the adoption process and not being uh you know having these knee-jerk reactions like this is our only choice uh well you know grab your computer and, and go home and we'll figure it out on the way yeah it's kind of like part of the toolbox of resilience for for a lot of corporations and individuals moving forward you know it's really a pleasure to talk to you both paul and marta and figure out uh, what you're doing in utah and how it might be applicable to others and uh thanks again for taking time thanks Thank you. For more information on the Rural Online Initiative and the Remote Work Radio podcast, visit extension.usu.edu slash remote work certificate. For more on this series on the future of remote work, consult the show notes and look out for articles posted on the website of the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration, ipa.udel.edu. Thanks again for tuning in to First Aid Insights. Reach out with any comments and be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. I hope you'll join us again soon. Bye.